Well, Hawks fans, we're back for our final episode of the year to recap the season and what a season it was. We'll be revisiting all the highs and the lows, tying a bow on all things 2021 before embracing the future. But before we get to the big recap, though, and some fixture talk, there's a bit of news to get to with the AGM, so we'd better get down to business right here on the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason, and joining me as always is a man who's been bloody brilliant this year, riding the bumps with the green. He's my wonderful co-host. G'day, Tiz. Thanks, mate. Yeah, plenty of bumps, plenty of bumps where we took air as well. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and a couple of shirt fronts thrown into boot. So uh, fairly interesting year. Not sure how memorable, but um, I guess there were some big developments off the Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's a very important year for the club. But, you know, it's funny you say that because I was looking through some of the games and I was like, I have completely erased that from my memory. <laughs> I, like, I, I think, you know, Hawthorne against Richmond at the MCG, the first time, 
And I was like, okay, yep. Yeah, uh, I think that's where Cozzy kicked his first goal. That's it. <laughs> that's all I've got for that one. It's a bit like that. Um, the, the old cinematic memory is is very choosy this year. Absolutely. Um, before we get into all that stuff, we should probably just get into the AGM at the moment. They're the fresh talking points. Oh, yes. How, uh, how delightfully interesting. Yes, go. <laughs> oh, sorry, Did anything it. unexpected happen? Uh, no, not especially. Well, actually, Don Scott accepting the chance to be elevated as a legend. Do we know if we're allowed to go and see him get awarded it? Or what's well, the deal? Well, it seemed to be... It was intimated that that's the idea. Okay. That, you know, the celebration is to be announced for some time in 2022. I suppose that means it's in front of an audience of members as well. I'm, I mean, if Don really doesn't want anyone there, he missed the boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that is the case, he's kind of... It appears as though he acquiesced to whatever the club offered. Well, I think his demand was to celebrate with his... Clubmates. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he didn't want it at the AGM, if I'm remembering correctly. And finally, he gets recognised, and I think that's marvellous for the club and for him. And well, that's that's why deserved. I liked it. That's why I liked it so much because it's building that bridge. Twenty five years on from the merger or near merger, his on field and off field contribution absolutely should be celebrated. This is the right thing. Uh, I'm glad that we that we fixed stuff up there. I think the next target should probably be mending things with one Cyril Rioli. Yeah, that was a bit concerning over the socials, but no one ever knows how deep these things go, and it just looked bad, didn't it? I guess that's why I'm concerned, because I don't for a minute think it's just about Darwin. You know, if anyone's not up to speed with this, I guess Rioli was sort of taking a pot shot at maybe the club's relations in an Indigenous sense. Uh, to only play games well, in Darwin now. he's just having now. a crack at them. Yeah. Why are they playing games in Darwin now when they could have been playing them with me in the side? Yes. Well, not only him, but just a lot more Indigenous talent in general. Hmm. Uh, you know, our stocks there have kind of gone down since his retirement. Oh, not without trying. Yeah, that's true. But I think you you would imagine that the opportune time, that, that's what Rioli's getting at. Like, if you're going to play Darwin any time... Do it while I'm at the club. <laughs> well, he's a big draw. Yeah. Still is Silver Rioli. Well, I mean, when I went up to Darwin uh, in the middle of the year, and I hope to go again um, with you in tow next year, Nick. Of course, That's if right, we could yeah. get that a commitment on the podcast here, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I see, yep. But I wasn't sure that, um, and Cyril hadn't announced that he'd be attending that game. Um, yeah. And I was hankering to see him there. But didn't go ahead in the end, and, and I'm glad they've rescheduled it. But i uh, got to put my... Hand up and say, those Queenslanders never get a look. No, no, they'd be a bit miffed. But anyway, uh, back on topic. I think the next thing to do is to repair whatever's gone on there with Cyril Rioli. I'm not liking the vibes I'm getting from it. I know Hawthorne fans feel the same way because, look, it's just sad. It's not how a champion of the club should be feeling about the brown and gold. It's just, I don't know what's happened there. I'd love to get the full story. I just hope in the meantime that Cyril knows that the fans still absolutely 100% adore him. I'm sure he's well aware. So that was one of the, the surprising revelations. I don't think you know any, any members saw that coming, that Don Scott would be accepting elevation to legend status and that for, to, to be slated for some time next year. Uh, the rest was pretty much, I think, par for the course. He could have predicted it. Uh, the big news as far as, the, as far as the board is concerned, Ian Silk elected to the board uh, a big win for Hawks for Change. They got their man in. And Tim Shearer... I guess the other side of the coin, a big win for Jeff. <laughs> Tim Shearer re-elected to the board. Uh, your thoughts, Tiz? Uh, that all came out in the wash as we expected in the end. And uh, we weren't privy to the 
sums where we of votes and things like that? The Age reported that uh, Ian Silk got in in a landslide. Now, what exactly that means, the figures we're talking about, I'm unsure. That's just what I've read. Um, but as far as my own personal vote is concerned, that's the way I went. I went Ian Silk. I went Tim Shearer. So I couldn't be more happy with that. I, oh, I maybe think... yours was the only vote that counted. <laughs> Ian Silk, I'm very happy with. As for Tim Shearer, I think it makes sense from a continuity point of view. Uh, by all reports, he's done magnificent work with the Kennedy Community Centre. Uh, let's keep that going, please, because it's a very important project. And uh, we did hear a little bit about that, the AGM. I think Jeff said that construction had started immediately, only for that to be immediately contradicted by Justin Reeves in a video package who said, middle of next year, construction will begin. Okay. Okay, so it's getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they'd, they'd want to hurry it up. We've got the AFLW team coming in. and Well, um, new life member Ben McAvoy will want him to hurry up. He'd love to move in. Yeah, there's a lovely little segment of the AGM. I quite enjoyed Sam Mitchell talking to Ben McAvoy and you know Ben McAvoy's uh, acceptance of it was really great too. He's been excellent since he came to the club and obviously the current captain. Me personally, I ex- expect him to retain that position. Uh, but I guess we'll see. They haven't made a call on that yet. Um, well, I put up a little poll and that, that was... Generally, the accepted path forward by everyone who voted on on uh, Twitter. So, I think that's the way forward, to be honest. But then again, if Sammy wants to make it his own, um, this is another chance to just declare a captain. Now, apart from that, it probably wasn't really that eventful in AGM, which is generally a good thing, you'd say. Uh, we had some questions from members that were posed to Jeff, uh, one of which about Clarkson and just how the board arrived at the decision that they did, uh, which Kennett responded, there was no vote. Okay, interesting. It was unanimous. It was unanimous, but there was no voting process. Okay. So they just sort of worked their way through it, whatever shape that took. Am, am I the only one that thinks that's a bit strange? Well, I mean, I imagine there was a vote, but it wasn't recorded. Yeah, I'm still a little bit bothered by that. It's one of the most significant decisions the club has made in forever. Yeah. I would have liked a more formal process, thanks, rather than, oh, what do you reckon? Oh, yeah? Should we put that down somewhere? Nah. Um, <laughs> Don't keep a record of that. Yeah, look. The official quote from Kennan on the night was, uh, it was a unanimous, consensual decision. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Well, again, I would have liked the, the process a little more formalised because there was no vote. How do you know there was no vote? He said there was no vote. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I can't be the only one who thinks it's just a little bit peculiar. Yeah, it's just not recorded in the minutes, that's all. Also, the thorn in Jeff Kennett's side popped up once again. Morrissey. Mr. Morrissey was back with his question on pokies. you got to admire... Who let the... that get through? <laughs> yeah, don't they screen them? That's why I don't ask questions anymore. I don't bother. But apparently they don't screen them. I should try harder. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Morrissey came back with another question on pokies. you got to admire the relentlessness of it. It's very good. Uh... It was the answer was what you'd expect, and I think Kenneth very wisely pointed to the fact that uh, Ian Silk, yes, kind of agrees with him on this. I mean, there wasn't a lot of light between their two stances uh, when no. we were listening to the interview, and it's perfectly sensible. I mean, they're they're playing a straight bat and they're being very sensible about it as they should. No one wants Hawthorne to be with pokies and getting gaming revenue anymore. But it's just not as simple as that. You can't just flick the switch and turn them off. Especially when you've got Dingley near construction. I was about to say under construction. Not quite, Tiz. Near construction. But financially, pretty damn healthy. Financially healthy, yep. Uh, membership revenue was down. Number of members? Up. 
which Jeffrey said was because people were downgrading their membership, which I can thoroughly understand as I think it's $165 mm-hmm. for a $1,000 membership this is. Right. $165 for your seat for the number of home games we have next year. Oof. Yes. When you put it like that, that's yeah. a massive turn I'd off. be downgrading too. <laughs> and especially like the year that's just gone. You're not... Oh, it's definitely biting. So yeah. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is what happens. And of course, um, the AFL gave us less funding than everyone else again. So that was that was lovely. Oh yeah, they had another real Robin Hood moment, didn't they? Oh wow! Don't you love just kicking too much ass so you get penalised for it? Yeah. How is that fair? I mean, look, uh, it's it's not fair, but it's equitable. Is that what it is? It's <laughs> very diplomatic of you. <laughs> look, I um, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they've got to find a way to um. I mean, North Melbourne have pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, but there's some other clubs hanging around the competition that are just mismanaged and not necessarily viable um, long-term, especially in environments like this, Mm. as we are now. And, and, you know, why should Hawthorne suffer? Because the AFL want to be represented in a certain demographic. And are we all poorer for having them in the... League. Well, a club like the Gold Coast Suns can't even balance what they're doing with Hugh Greenwood, let alone their books. Yeah. So So, um, just a basket case of a club that gets to do whatever they want. And yet some members of the admin have been at Hawthorne and and done very, very well. And yet still, what is it, part of their ethic up there to get rolled by North? (laughs) Just, wow. Like, who puts him on? Off the list and then expects nothing not to happen. Anyway. Yeah, that's said and done. Uh, we should talk about Hawthorne season. Just gone. That's what we're here for. Here to recap 2021, starting with what went right versus what went wrong. Now, do you want to do the rights and I'll do the wrongs? Oh, I wasn't going to divvy it up like that, but if you want to be Mr. Negative. Oh, I'd just roll with it. But you know? just relish the opportunity to talk about what went wrong in season 2021. It was a fair bit, but I should say... Listeners, there's a fair bit that went right too. You can't underestimate the things that went our way this year. And I think the fact that the club was competitive against the top eight was a good sign. So in the first round, right, Mm. we pulled in a couple of youngsters. Yep. And Moore and Brockman and uh, our first goal was kicked by Segler. Don't forget that. Oh, was it? Of the season. Uh, Yeah, actually it was, yeah. We came back against Essendon. We had a fantastic... Moral victory again, Mm -hmm. and Timmy kicked the winner. Yes. And he was very important for much of the year in our wins. And I'm surprised we haven't gone with name redacted was the kick the winner. We haven't got that for you. He hasn't played for him competitively yet, so in a sense he's still ours. Do you think people are that lenient about name redacted? (laughs) (laughs) Look. uh, I get I get messages about taking him out of the intro. You have, haven't you? No, not yet. I will. There's a brand new intro for 2022, people. So yeah, there we go. Um, well, we were calling for change in in younger players hitting the lineup, and they did mm-hmm. that. And then they did it even more fervently after the bye. Top eight sides like you know Sydney, Melbourne. Uh, well, Essendon made the top eight in the end. Bulldogs we beat. Brisbane. Well, we were hugely negative going into that Melbourne game. Oh, that, that, that was an enormously encouraging performance from the boys. I thought. Um, and, and yeah, against the odds, I didn't expect it. I don't think anyone Hawthorne did. Great highlight too. Great highlight. You would have heard it in the intro. <laughs> but I just, I liked that, yeah, we, we dropped some pretty bad games, but 
it was pretty enjoyable and encouraging to see what we could bring to the, the, the heavyweights of the season, the heavyweights of the comp that we're going to be contending. And, you know, if that, if that sort of form continues, it makes you wonder, well, what can Hawthorne do next year? The way we set up was competitive against top eight sides, especially after Connor Nash had been moved into the midfield. <laughs> well, it was. That, that was... <laughs> I, can't, I can't argue against it. And, well, Correlation is not causation, but anyway. <laughs> but he gave them something. He gave them a bigger body. He gave them a bit more space. And uh, Jago Mira had a very good year. So did Tom, obviously, judging by the... Record margin, he won, he won the uh, best and fairest by. But, That's right. You know, his piece is there for Sammy to work with. One of our listeners, Richard, actually suggested that uh, Nash the midfielders was one of the key positives of this year. So we thank Richard for that submission. And obviously you wholeheartedly agree. And well, so do I. I mean, that is, is definitely one of the pillars that brought Sammy into the job. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, even though he won't own it. No, no. It no, doesn't no. attribute it to, no, to no. just his doing. Everybody did it together. That's, that's nice to hear, you know. But I'm sick of hearing we're all in this together. But eventually, you know, it's his decision to live or die by putting him in the midfield of Box Hill. And then, yep. to can- you know, someone campaigns for that to happen in the AFL as well. It yep. doesn't just happen. Took a couple of weeks, remember? So we're going to go back and forth here between the what went right and what went wrong of season 2021. So we've ended up in a good place. But the succession plan, its execution, our Disney-like thought process that mm. it might all work out and everyone would be happy at the end of the debacle didn't <laughs> didn't really eventuate so that's a negative <laughs> yeah that's the chief negative of the year however, like, there's nothing bigger than that however Clarko still loves the club yes as far as we can tell he's now actively undermining the league from within <laughs> you count that as a win <laughs> that is definitely a win yeah uh, he's uh, strongly representing Tasmania and he's involved in grassroots footy which is always valued and always been on like you know whenever he didn't want to talk about something Hawthorne wasn't doing well it was always about grassroots footy <laughs> and how the AFL wasn't doing enough yeah uh, so it's good to see him um, finally getting a chance to really push that stuff. There you go. You've plucked out some pretty good silver linings out of all this for what is fundamentally the chief negative of our season. But I'm sure that he will pick up the phone as Sammy calls. Oh, probably. Probably? Yeah, I mean... After that presser... I mean, he does seem like he's on good terms with literally everyone, apart from the outgoing president, of course. So successful for so long. And the CEO. Don't forget the CEO. (laughs) The CEO, of course. And whoever leaked... (laughs) <laughs> oh, jeez. Anyway, I think one of the chief positives of the year has been the talent scouting. The likes of Jai Newcomb and Lockie Bramble, just as two examples, have worked really well. And putting Kaczynski forward, let's not forget that. That was, I think, out of necessity. However... Well, that was McRae. Yeah, you still need to take that chance. Well, you've got to spot the talent. Patton leaves the lineup. Now, time, now you need a monster forward. This time forward. a year ago, yeah. Kaczynski... Not getting a look in defence. He's playing defence. He's not in best 22. 12 months on, 23 on his back. Enough said. That's it. That is a massive tick. Uh, so I just think the talent scouting in general, it was Cozzy, Giant Newcomb, Lockie Bramble. Uh, I'm glad that we've got Callow. Uh, Callow's only really just starting to flex his muscles in terms of what he can bring to the club, but I like what I've seen so far. Uh, I think Well, Andy Collins with Bramble, that's just genius there. Yeah. Look no further. Now, you've written Jack Gunston's back, but I think you mean Jack Gunston's back. 
Yeah, that was a, a niggly one. Not just for him. Well, you know, that performance he had or the selection he had against... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> not Kilda. much of a performance. Uh, not that it was his fault, mind. No, but he finally looks like he's good to go next year. Do, and... do you need more pictures of him running laps to, before you're convinced? Because the Hawthorne social media team's gone pretty hard on well, that At least one. he's in the new shirt. Um, that's, that's a development. <laughs> well, it's so we know that they're current photos. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and we're all Taswegians now. Uh, oh, yes, that's yeah, right. It's a wonderful jumper. Oh, Nick, you boy. like the jumper? The jumper's not the problem. Is that, is that in the negative column here? <laughs> That's a new... It's a late bulletin negative. Is the design of Tas, the Tasmanian sponsor logo. Let's just call it the Tasmanian jumper. Well, yeah, it basically says... Our jumper these days says Tasmania Hawks. Or Tasmanian, Tasmanian Hawks. Hawks. Yeah, with the so, N. Yeah, so Jeff has basically got his wish. He called us, <laughs> the ta- called us the Tassie Hawks and now our jumper says so. And now we're playing another game in Tassie. <laughs> Which is just going to blow everyone's mind. Got to play bloody kangaroos down in Hobart. That's right, yep. You going to go to that? No. What about um, Anzac Day? That looks good. Against the Swans on the Monday? I'm keen for that. Mm. I'm keen for that. But if it's between that and Darwin, I'd probably take the new experience of Darwin. Oh, here we go. He's warming to Darwin. Not as warm as I'll be when I'm up there. <laughs> Don't think I'm going to tolerate it it's too well, pretty, but anyway. It's middle of the year. It won't be too hot. Yeah, it's the end of May, so that shouldn't be in too much of a struggle. But So we're looking forward to Jack Gunston coming back next year. Absolutely. It's just that, you know. But now, I was about to say that added flexibility. That overlooks the fact that he's still a gun player. Oh, He's incredible. Well, the time the opposition has to spend making sure he doesn't absolutely destroy the game for them. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to leave to chance. Yeah. In case you need reminding, just look at vision of any of his final series. Or the fact that uh, when he's involved in the chain, Hawthorne score more often than not. That's right. So, yeah. Now, we've already touched on this, but... Yeah, the emergence of new stars I thought was a key positive. We talked about Cozzy, but I mean, the likes of CJ taking a next step. I mean, he's pretty much elevated himself in the conversation of best 22. He's in my best 22. I'd say most people probably have him there. Uh, Brockman as well, I thought was very exciting. Still very early days for him, but is he the small forward that we hang our hats on? It's looking like it. He's certainly the front runner. Uh, Time to decide that, of course, next year. But also Dylan Moore was the big uh, uplifting story too. Bolter. Yep. Absolute Bolter. Came from nowhere, looked terrific much of the year, and third quarters, wow. He's a match winner. That's what he proved in 2021. On his day, he can explode inside one quarter and win the match for the Hawks, which now, is absolutely incredible. Uh, without seeming too repetitive, again, we've missed out on farewelling our best. Well, it's going to sound like we're circling back around to the whole succession plan thing and Clarko's exit, and in a sense we are, but that was more of a, an admin, uh, behind-the-scenes sort of sense. What we're talking about now in terms of the... Uh, what we're talking about now is the fact that none of the fans got the farewell that was really warranted for either Clarko or Silk in person. We couldn't attend that match, and it's just, it's not right. So let's see, no farewells for Sammy, Lewis, Hodgie, Cyril, Birch, any others? Uh, it's it's fascinating, the, the weird balance, got- spiritually, of all this stuff. Because, you know, you'd say Ruffy is the big one. That was a, a very fond farewell and what a what a fitting fairy tale finish for Ruff. Uh, and though we couldn't be there, Stratton and Puopolo got pretty good moments, respectively, in that last game against the Suns. Jeez, we love playing against the Suns for a farewell game, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we did farewell um, 
Hodge too, I suppose. Yes. But then he went on somewhere else. Yeah, that's true. But uh, there's a lot of instances, and these, and these are the two latest ones, Clarko and Silk, where we just haven't been able to give them a proper farewell. I mean, there's extenuating circumstances is- here, of course. Do you think they'll do something in the new year? Oh, I think they have to. What the hell was the tick for the Box Hill Hawks for? Well, didn't you enjoy the form of the Box Hill Hawks this year under Sam Mitchell? Well, I mean, yeah, but they, they wouldn't be happy with the, the year they had. It was so blighted by COVID. But, oh, I suppose. It's kind of... But I, you're right. I did enjoy the form and the way they played and the way they moved the football. And, yeah. And Sammy's little apprenticeship with Colo in the box, mm-hmm. telling him what he was doing wrong. It's really good. This one from one of our listeners, Melbourne Boy. Uh, at Hook Talk Pod, serious injuries to our best players was a key negative of the year. Uh, Will Day... Denver Granger Barras and Jarman Impey spring to mind. Yeah, and Sicily, of course, didn't play a game. No, to so, be expected. But uh, And also, you throw Jack Gunston in there who didn't recover. He played that one game, but mm. it's just more and more such an irritating decision. Didn't work out for Making us. Making me bullish about next year, you have a fit list. Well, according to Sam Mitchell, everyone's fit and firing. Everyone is ready to go. Available for round one. Excellent. So the, I have some medical stuff that I need doing. Do you think I could go down there if they're at a loose end? <laughs> That's right. What are they doing at the moment? <laughs> Who's doing the booper reports? <laughs> Who's indefinite this time? No one! <laughs> uh, we're going to have to get a new sponsor. They're not get enough coverage. No. Uh... <laughs> get some more Tassie logos. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, we heard from Mark at Hawk Talk Pod. Uh, relentlessly negative media attention was... Uh, was oh, a... that's perennial. Yeah, that seems to be the case every single year. Unless but... you win a premiership at Hawthorne. Oh, they've filed. Love it. That is exactly how it should Even be. Even still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we heard from Tim, end of season list management was a plus, as well as cutting the right players. You'd have to agree with this one. Yeah, I think the list management's been good, but we'll see in the future, you know. just. Uh, I, but I do think the, uh, the right players have been afforded an opportunity to uh, impress. The one and only Dancing Bear points out, finally here in our prose column, uh, not losing Sam Mitchell to Collingwood. See, they're like... You know how I talk about the fandom fixture, mm-hmm. where it's about whoever our opposition have played the week before and where they've played. Yes. And how long they've had to recover. They're like our fandom admin fixture, aren't they? Because <laughs> yeah. they forced our hands a couple of times. Yeah. 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 I mean, what is amusing about that is, administratively, I think Hawthorne is still in better shape, even after all this. Yeah. Well, the board certainly is in far better esteem than the Collingwood board. As Jeff Kennett pointed out during the AGM, couldn't resist potting Collingwood a couple of times. <laughs> and and what, is he, what did he say? Built on skill sets. Oh, that's right. Yeah, ad- addressing the uh, gender diversity of yeah. the board, which is something that Hawthorne does need to do. We have had some wonderful women candidates in the recent past mm-hmm. as well who've moved on uh, because their jobs got too large, I think. It's a very onerous task. As Andy Gower's remarked, it's... Uh, Without payment. Just on that, a quick shout out to everyone that gave us amazing feedback for that interview with Andy Gowers. Some some of our listeners say it's the best work we've done. So if you haven't heard that episode, uh, it's the the most recent one that we did. So um, go and check that out. And it's awfully uplifting too, because he's a very positive person, Andy. That was a very optimistic uh, episode in general. Fascinating stories. And And he'd be wrapped with the result. Absolutely, yeah. Aligned with Hawks for Change. They got their man and... It's all full steam ahead as far as they're concerned. And it's full steam ahead for us here on the podcast as we move on from the positives and negatives to purely positives, it must be said. We're playing favourites. I want to hear about your favourite Hawthorne win, Tiz, from 2021. It's not actually a win. Okay, it's a draw? It's the draw. 
against Melbourne. Gee, you hate Melbourne. I do, but it also emphasised to me that there was a ticking pride in the Hawthorne jumper that the playing group had and that they were prepared to back each other and it was a different Hawthorne side to what I'd seen earlier in the year. Far different. Yeah. Consistent, uh, focused, just determined. Spirited. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the turning point for me. What was your... uh, I mean, it's not a win, but in terms of how it felt... (laughs) The performance... It uh, felt like a win for me. Oh, absolutely. I, I felt the same way on that evening. Yeah, I, I highly rate that performance against Melbourne, especially what they went on to do. I mean, to win the whole thing and to look back and go, well, that's the mob that we drew with. We took them to the limit. It feels good. And don't forget, earlier in the year, we'd been in the game and they just rubbed our nose in it when they felt like it. So for Hawthorne to come back at them... Yeah, no, that's a good and point. do as they did, yeah. Yeah, there's been some good development between those two games. Now, Hawthorne, in that first one... They were competitive for most of the game. But then the fl- yeah, flick the, of the switch. Which, you know, now we know Melbourne can do because they have done it a few times, including in that last final. day. Yep, yep, that's right. So, uh, look. God, that was sickening scenes at the G the game of the weekend, wasn't it? I Just think the- you might be the only person to call on that. Oh. <laughs> Everyone else thought it was a pretty good occasion. Gee whiz. Come on. I mean, Neil Danaher, right? All right. Fair no, enough. There were, there were highlights. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's st- and there's I was, I was, I wasn't. You can abide by something like that. I was unhappy that Ron Barassi couldn't attend because I do like Ron. Fair enough. My favourite wins. Uh, I think, generally speaking, I was very pleased with our performance against Sydney at the SCG. John Newcomb's game, his debut. That what a stunning debut that was. Fourteen tackles, breaking the record, and more than that, he was just his general spirit and effort on yeah. the night as well. Listed that week. Oh, absolutely brilliant performance. Because you think. Imagine being that kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, Unbelievable. And I think, you know, there's. I did flag at the top of the show that there's going to be a lot inevitably that just falls by the wayside in my memory. I'm not going to remember everything about 2021. I reckon I'll remember that game. Yeah. That one is going to stick out for a long time. Or his game. Well, his game as well. But I I just, uh, you know, CJ's tackle on Buddy, stuff like that. Yeah. That's a ripper. (laughs) That set the tone as well. It did, yeah. I think Segler kicked the first goal that game too. Did he? Yeah. Anyway, uh, in person though, which is the one that counts more, I can't go past the Giants at the G. And not many people saw no, it. It, a pretty, it has to be that, yeah. It's a pretty dismal crowd, as you might expect. But it, yeah, I mean, Essendon round one was pretty good too. Es- well, yeah, that was. That was a contender. Um, For them to utterly capitulate in the second half was just brilliant. Um, Tom Mitchell. Oh, Tom Mitchell. Just genius with no preseason. Oh, absolutely insane. And to win in the in the fashion that we did, and for O'Brien to get a good moment yep. for him, which, you know, he's copped a lot over the journey. You could say maybe it's justified. Oh, right, eh? He was named almost for a reason. <laughs> he wasn't almost that evening. He got the job done. And look, that was a fantastic return. Because the first time in so long that people were allowed back at the football too. And, and just to have that as a nail-biting win, that's up there as well. But no, GWS, the MCG... Um, in part because O'Brien's mark, it's one of the best marks I've I've seen live. I'll never forget that. And John Newcomb's goal from the 50-metre arc, that's brilliant. Dylan Moore that day. DGB, getting a bit aggro. Favourite goal? Oh, look, it, it might be John Newcomb's against the Giants. Where he goes back from a set shot. I just, I remember sitting there hoping like hell he would somehow kick it. I thought, I don't, I don't even know if he's got the leg for this. And for him to put that through, it was just 
it, it uplifted me like you wouldn't believe. No, it I doesn't compare it. to Timmy in the last minutes against Essendon. Oh, right. I had no confidence in him kicking it. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> now he's a beautiful kick. About 20 metres out. I, still, on a I was angle. still nervous. I was, still nervous. I was, you know, right where that kick was headed as well. <laughs> so I could see he was lining up no, right in front of me. That's the one for me. What about another one from Essendon, though? Uh, Tyler Brockman on the boundary line. Oh, that was beautiful. Well, only the day before he was captured. Uh, I forget who was. It might have been a listener of this show that was taking... Uh, Nick, pho- wasn't it? I think that's right. Yeah, I think so. Uh, taking phone footage of Brockman kicking one from the boundary. And then 24 hours on, he has the exact same shot in front of a stadium full of people. Nails it. No problem. Split screened it, didn't you? Yeah. It looks exactly the same. That's right. Split screened it. So you can find that on our social. Might repost that one, actually. We move on to the most underrated hawk of season 2021. I kind of think I know where you're going with this one. Yeah, maybe. Is it the haircut? No, I think maybe long-time listeners of the pod, even just this season, would probably understand where I'm coming from. I've nominated Jack Scrimshaw for this. You don't think he gets the respect he deserves? I, I think it's something else that people consistently talk about how good we're going to be now that Sicily's coming back. And they never pay tribute to the guy who filled that void. And that is Scrimshaw. That's because he's moving to the wing. Uh, <laughs> the- <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be space for all these guys. He might, he might do. Look, Scrimshaw was absolutely magnificent this year and largely unheralded. And they did push him into the midfield at times. Mm-hmm. And he had some very nice uh, moments down at Tassie. Yep. And I would have to say Luke Bruce would be the most underrated hook. Leading goal kicker and yet... Doesn't Who talks get, about him? No one. No, doesn't get the plaudits that are deserved. Not this year anyway. And there were some big moments. You would have heard them in the highlight packages. Big moments with Bruce ball in hand. Yes, that's right. You're, you're just obsessed with the draw, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most enjoyable to watch. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's a great sign when I'm not short on names for this. The guy that I came up with first was CJ. I love the way CJ goes about it. So excited to see him in action next year. Jai Newcomb, we've touched on. Lockie Bramble, what a find. Emerson Should have had Jekka. a free kick, Lockie Bramble, bloody gone. Garbage <laughs> from the umps. Right. Uh, Emerson Jecker didn't really set the world on fire in the senior team, but what a joy it was to see him dominate at times at Box Hill level. Just, I was really excited. Really want him in the AFL team because I don't want him to be, you know, a really good VFL player. I want him to be, yeah, yeah. I hope he takes that next step because that is a danger. Uh, What about you? Most enjoyable to watch? I think you nailed it with CJ and then Bramble, both of those guys steaming off the half back line. Mm. Running through the centre. That that time, CJ ran through the centre down at Tassie. That was magnificent. You know, he did the same. We're talking about um, Brockman before. He did the same round one against Essendon. Streaming down the wing. Beautiful play that. to set up a goal. I'll, I'll have to try and post that to our socials as well. Twitter, Facebook, you name it. I'll try and find it. And when I do, I'll post it again. Uh, most enjoyable highlight. Come on, mate. Nearly one mark of the year. Should have. Yeah. Should have won mark of the year. That's mine. Sounds like it's yours too. Tim O'Brien, of course. What a spectacular mark it was. And what a great call by Hutto. Or the check side from Dylan Moore. That was very good too. That was good too, yep. But moving on from 2021, cast our eye to the future. We're going to crystal ball it and uh, have a look at who's a lock to debut in 2021. Butler, 100% lock. Yep, we're agreed on that one. Definitely. Uh, Josh Ward. Those, those would be the two guys. Josh Ward, Sam Butler... Which player takes the next step? Or well, who's the next star? Mm. Well, or just relative to them, 
Who takes the next step in their own performance? Well, who took steps this year? Uh, CJ. Yeah, massive. Uh, Scrimshaw, I think, did. Cozzy. Yeah, Cozzy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to improve as much as they did. Yeah. And yeah. it was only because they were given opportunity in the right positions. Nash, your boy Nash, definitely stepped up. I think that's wholly dependent on where he's used. Yeah. Uh, if they uh, if they erroneously deploy him in the forward line again, you'll stall his development. They've got to keep on persisting with that midfield time. So the question we should be asking is, who's going to hit a position where they're going to look their best? I'm hoping it's Mitch Lewis. Yeah. That's my nomination. Yeah, well, he's got one year on the contract to run. And Is there someone in the side that's going to hit the wing that's just going to look absolutely <laughs> unbelievable? I mean, do you know how many nominations we've got for wingers at the moment? I, I they're, And they're all squeezed out of the back line, so hit me with your nomination. Come on, Bramble. He's going to look amazing off the wing, not having to bother about defending. Wow. <laughs> and he's true. good forward to centre. Like, he's got... He is. Remember that little cheeky hand pass he did in the fall? I think it went to Bruce. But very clever. Disguised it well. Goal. I would hope that Denver Granger Barras takes the next step as well. Well, I think you'll get the opportunity this time. I hope so. I, I would hope that he's best 22 by the end of the year, but we'll see. People forget it's a very small sample size we have of him at the moment. I know people are bullish on him, but I'm a bit more conservative. I'm fingers crossed about him. Who's going to surprise? I think Brockman will surprise. Um, well, it depends how you're talking about him, because I think he's still he's the premier small forward. So well, I think you get Gunston up there. I yeah, think he yeah. gets more space. He gets better opportunities. Mm-hmm. Gets played into chains with gunners. Oh. I, I think Sarong will look a lot better. But regardless of if he's given senior time, I think we'll see flashes at Box Hill, which will make people very excited. What about Lynch and Reeves? Well, I'd, yeah, I, I initially had Lynch as a surprise packet. I think he could be very good for us. Reeves could be, in fact, one guy who takes the next step. Yeah, absolutely. And you're going to do this, at, are you? Well, we did it last year. We talked about players on the chopping block. I don't see why we miss it this year. Did we get any wrong? Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going off memory. Uh, I think we you might... You had this same vote last year. I did not. You had Harry. Yeah, actually, I probably did. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Morrison is on the chopping block. I probably had him last year, yeah. I'm trying to remember. I think... I'm getting confused. Maybe the two of the players I had down for taking the next step. One was Finn, mm. who didn't quite. No. Still a work in progress. The other guy was Greaves. Right. Well, he took the next step out the door. Yeah, well. Was, yeah. Don't mean to be disrespectful. It was a cheap gag, and I'm sorry. But <laughs> uh, who's on the chopping block? I That did feel harsh, of course, but yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. I found it pleasantly difficult to find too many players I thought are really on a knife's edge. Well, they're more, more of the older players, I think, will be on the chopping block. I think they've done the right decisions this year, and I think it, it lets you have more time for some of these players it, uh, to find a spot. I'm still wondering what the future holds for Liam Shields. I don't know, but you know, there's not an obvious role. It still depends upon like how, how, far, how quickly these guys come on, especially the new recruits. How bright the future looks is going to be very pivotal for deciding that. But well, it's um, also going to uh, depend on the game plan, Nick. Well, if, true. If the game plan's good, that's a tick. <laughs> if they can actually execute the game plan, yeah, yeah. that's another question. And do the other sides work it out 
much quicker than we thought they would. That's the other issue. Mm. So where will Hawthorne finish? Given the fixture, which we haven't got to yet. Yeah, we'll get to that in a moment. But Where yeah. do you feel? Now, you've you've studied the fixture. You've seen how generous it, it is to Hawthorne. And we're obviously on a really good wicket with the AFL. <laughs> given yeah. us, well, it's financially good. It felt a little peculiar to not have too many grievances with the fixture. It made me suspicious because I'm not used to feeling this way. Well, I mean, the f- the first 10 rounds aren't kind. Oh, but in terms of like, as a fan, I guess I appreciated it in that sense. There's In, in terms of a fan's return to the football here in Victoria, I think there's a lot to like. I'm not going to say it's necessarily easy, but I liked that. So you're saying about June, July, we're all locked up again. Is that it, Nick? No, it's more that in the second half of the season... <laughs> Uh, there's an awful lot of away games. There's some more Tassie. Uh, the, the the games at the MCG dry up yeah, in the well, second half. Yeah, we've got Frio in, uh, in the middle of June, so we'll be there already for the hub to start. That'll be good. Oh, please don't. <laughs> please, I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> no, the first half of the year, there's a lot of MCG games, but yeah. they are against some very good sides. It's true. And it's going to make it very difficult in those first 10 weeks. And then after that... The sides get a little less challenging, although we do have the Western Bulldogs twice after the bye and Richmond and the Bulldogs in the last two rounds if we're well, trying to make finals. Well, in terms of answering this question, where are Hawthorne going to finish? Let's continue on with our look at fixture. Uh, repeat clashes, as you say, Richmond, Western Bulldogs, St Kilda we play twice as well, Gold Coast and North Melbourne. All right, now before we move on, just say better or worse in okay. 2022. Richmond. Hold. St Kilda. Worse. Could go either way. Yeah, it could. I I don't trust them. I don't trust them. Dogs. Hold in in terms of they'll be a very good side. You think so? It's tough. You know, are there the scars? You know, how much damage did that sustain psychically? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gold Coast. Uh, Could they be worse? Yeah, I think they could be worse. Okay. North? I'm told they're going to be better than us, but I can't swallow that. Wow. Well, we'll find that out in round one. We will. Uh, the MCG, Sunday, 20th of March at 1.10pm. That is a home game. Looking forward to that. Uh, as you say, this the first nine rounds that have been set, uh, there's a lot of MCG time here, which is great. Great for fans. Uh, on the whole, MCG games have been confirmed. There's nine. We've got four games at Marvel. Uh, five in Tassie, four of them at UTAS. And so far, we've only got one Sunday 3.20pm game confirmed, which is good. <laughs> well, there's, there's a lot of floating fixtures, isn't there? So That's right. The majority of the fixture hasn't been released. The, sort of, the AFL's given a vague idea of uh, dates and locations. I mean, our game against the Giants doesn't even have a venue as yet. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that was a strange one. But uh, where is Hawthorne going to finish based on all this stuff? I'm going to hold, maintain on what I said a while back. No higher than 12th. I'm going to go for 13. What was that? 13. 13! <laughs> Thanks for that. Bottom six, brilliant. Uh, I've heard varying opinions on this. A lot of experts... Look, we're not going to get it right. Half of these teams aren't going to be any good. I can see Geelong being pitiful next year. I can't wait. <laughs> You know, when you look at the age bracket for some of those players and and then will Melbourne get ahead of themselves? I keep on hearing dynasty talk. 
Like, come on, they've only won one. Are is you that sure what... they say dynasty? They don't say dynasty over there? Just... Dynasty, I believe it is. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, go well, over? let's move along quickly. They've uh... only won one. Come on. Let's not get too carried away. Do people forget how difficult it is to win a premiership? But just because Hawthorne Made got three easy. in a row. Yeah. And then <laughs> Richmond had a good run. Oh, that bloke on Twitter told you they got a three-peat. I thought you would have burst into flames, to be quite well, honest. Well, as a North bloke, wasn't it? Is I, a North I have supporter? no idea. I think it was a North supporter trying to troll me, at which point I said, I see what you're doing, <laughs> and I think we'll just leave it there. <laughs> like I have to match wits with a North supporter anyway. Come on, please. Mate, Brent Harvey has four All-Australians. <laughs> Compared to Sean Burgoyne with only one. Now, who's the better player? I will never be able to look past the <laughs> shithousery against the West Coast Eagles. You know, Brent Harvey and Matt Prittis on the boundary line where Brent Harvey <laughs> blatantly cheated. Yeah. I will not hear that he's a better footballer than Sean Burgoyne. Burgoyne would never do that. All right, so you've gone the 13. I've gone no higher than 12. But we could be completely wrong because the game plan might be so good if you get a jump in those first six rounds. Yeah. Anything's possible. Fit and firing list, fully healthy, ready to go. Sam has his pick of what he wants to do with that list in terms of like philosophy and game plan. And I mean, whatever he was doing with Box Hill, obviously I know it's a different, <laughs> different set of personnel, different group, fine. Different opposition. A different opposition. But whatever he was doing with Box Hill was bloody good. And he managed to create space. It was it was a lot of space and there was a lot of pace as well. So, look, I'm excited. And it could be higher than 12, but I'm being conservative personally. In round 10, we have Gold Coast at Darwin. So, I don't care, Nick. <laughs> and I just want you to imagine getting your, uh, getting your disposable chair and taking it into TIO Stadium and then... Cozzy your... kicking 10. Mate, if Cozzy kicks 10, I, I, I couldn't care less where I'm watching it if he does that. I'm kind of hoping that the Giants game is being held in California or somewhere like that. <laughs> it's California. Here we come. But I get the feeling that uh, as there's already Giants over there, mm. they might have to be renamed. Oh, right. Which would be terrific because I'm so sick of the name GWS. Can they rename them yet? Anyway. What, what, what are you thinking? Lesser Western Sydney? <laughs> Just pick somewhere. Like... <laughs> anyway, that'll be our uh, recap for season 2021. We've, we've sort of blitzed through it, I feel like. But, I mean, what a year. It's hard to take in absolutely everything. Hell of a lot of change. Now, as we look to wrap up, just some social media stuff to get out of the way. If you love the show, if you've enjoyed experiencing this year recap with us, now uh, you can head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a glowing review. really helps fellow Hawthorne supporters to find our show. We've actually got a couple of reviews here from fans who've been nice enough to uh, sing our praises. A couple of five-star reviews. This first one from Alotsius. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, a great blend of banter, humour, and actual footy analysis sprinkled with just the right amount of scorn for rival clubs. We've had a bit of that this episode, I think, so that's good fun. Nick and Tiz are an upgrade on the mates you usually go to the footy with. <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, thanks so much to Alotsius there. And we've got Arkenna AWU with five stars as well. Love this pod. Great analysis of everything Hawthorne delivered by hosts that I'd love to watch the footy with. I'm sensing a theme, Tiz. So we will be making tickets available. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's for certain tiers of the Patreon tickets. All oh, right, no, yeah, I'm there kidding, we go. Oh, I cannot wait for that first Sunday to see us demolish North at the G. 
I certainly hope so. And you can find us on Twitter as well, at HawkTalkPod. We've finished the year with just a smidge over 3,100 followers. This online community around the podcast is so amazing. We really appreciate everyone getting around us on Twitter, as well as over on Facebook too. Our Facebook family tears. They're a passionate bunch. They're growing in number all the time. You can find them on facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. We're on Instagram. Just search HawkTalkPodcast. We're on Redbubble as well. And uh, lastly, to our proud, passionate, and paid-up Patreon subscribers tears. We will be doing a TikTok account. No. But you dance wonderfully. (laughs) There will be some changes coming in 2022, but that will not be among them. To our subscribers out there, you've been absolutely huge this year. We cannot emphasize how integral you are to this show and how much you actually contribute. Your support, I mean this, it makes this podcast what it is. You help make this possible, so thank you so much. Uh, A shout-out to Daniel as well, one of our latest Patreon subscribers. Thanks so much for being on board. That's really appreciated. For anyone out there that would like to sign up and support us at any subscription tier, really, uh, just head on to patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. All the details are there. And the changes you were talking about, they'll be that you can listen to us on Spotify, right? And things like that. And Yeah, I mean, people have been clamoring for this for a while and we have been listening to, but the way we set things up, it made that transition... Yeah, because we did it on the smell of an oily rag, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, I tried to be a bit of a smartass about how I set it up initially and doing things, you know. And someone forgot the passwords. No, no, it wasn't that. Uh, <laughs> but effectively, we're needing to like overhaul our hosting and all this technical stuff is really boring to go into. But rest assured, we are trying to get onto Spotify and, and other platforms as well. So that's a project for us in our off-season for 2022. So you can look forward to that. And uh, yeah, we'll be back bigger and better than ever. Tis, not just saying thank you to the uh, the Patreon subscribers and the, and the listeners, but a thank you to you. Oh, you've had a glorious year, haven't you, Nick? Done some marvellous stuff. He's doing Twitter. a bit, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing a bit. He's not doing a bit. What is this? This is genuine. This is genuine me <laughs> trying to emote. I don't trust this. No, no. I'm uncomfortable. No, no. no. Well, I mean, you don't get complimented often, so... <laughs> There it is. There's a backhander. (laughs) (laughs) And now for the forehand. Uh, (laughs) Is it going to hurt quite as much? Go on. No, no. Do the bit. Some of your stuff has been fantastic online, hasn't it? Well, it's not for me to say. Some of your stuff to music. Okay. uh, The stuff you didn't put to air for Ollie Hanrahan, which I still (laughs) feel you should probably (laughs) gift wrap it. Just give to him and he can take it to the cricket with him. Uh, yeah, he won't feel weird about that at all. he's playing really well. Yeah, yeah, good luck to him. He's doing well. Um, what are we doing? Because you've praised me far too much in that small little segment that I feel uncomfortable. No, you do. You do a huge amount of... Devote a huge amount of time to the podcast, well, right? Well, I, I, take, I take pride in it. I'm, I can only hope that our listeners enjoy it. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, hugely privileged and uh, thank you very much. Go Hawks! <sighs> this entire bit was to quote the end of Big Boy McAvoy's acceptance speech for his life membership it's meme worthy listeners that's all this was about he tiz has been obsessed with this one screen cap for the last 24 hours i don't understand it you don't i will post it it to our socials so you can also fail to understand what his obsession is with this i just like it it's so succinct he's now shown me the phone yeah as if that's gonna help i like big boy and i like his manner and I would still... you would you say that you like Big Boy and you cannot lie? 
No, because this invites a musical number, which we know you're all too good at. <laughs> that is one I would skip out on. I'm not doing that. I'm not even going to attempt a Sir Nix-a-Lot parody. We've still got to do that bloody songbook, Nick. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on for the Hawk Talk podcast in 2022. Lots of things on the boil. Thank you for an amazing year on the podcast, mate. You know, it's not always gone the way that we wanted to on field or even off field in some circumstances. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's such a joy to do this with you. And it's a joy to have all the listeners with us as well. Yeah. Huge stress levels this year for most of us. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been good to have a community. It's been great to um, record, really. It's been a nice little outlet every now and again because there was so much stuff going on in life and at Hawthorne Mm -hmm. and... Like thoroughly entertaining, even though they're not performing very well. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I hope people have gotten out of this. That uh, in what was a strange and often difficult year, that we've given people something to hold on to. And that sounds melodramatic, but you know, in terms of actually doing this podcast for me personally, that's the role it played for me. And then we were getting inside info every now and again. That's right. Yep. And we're like, oh, do we run with this? Do we not run with it? <laughs> And um, it's still great fun. All of it is amazing fun. Uh, and we the, got to meet some of the listeners, which was fantastic. You read my mind. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. One of the highlights of our year was, you know, getting to put out that season guide and then um, meeting listeners at the G who actually wanted it. Yep, they wanted copies. <laughs> uh, the Caramella Koalas. Oh, that was in, awesome. in one instance as well. It was terrific to have a community online. That's right. To chat to about Hawthorne, to go into a, a new world mm-hmm. about how Hawthorne could be competitive for a premiership again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've got to thank everybody for for their time and, and, and for listening and contributing as they have. Yeah, we love doing this. We love the community around this podcast. So thank you so much for listening throughout season 2021. Uh, and yeah, we'll be back and bigger than ever in season 2022. So I've booked a caravan. You're so keen on Darwin, aren't you? Yeah, but we're going to go up the guts. The Hawk Talk podcast up the guts. Yeah. It's a tour. It's a tour. Yeah, I can see us on Nine News getting bogged somewhere. <laughs> well, it's an interesting 2022. Uh, so, yeah, we will catch you in the new year. Uh, happy holidays, everyone. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Enjoy summer. We are a happy team at Hawthorne. <laughs>